Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I'm so pleased to have you here today because this morning, Stuart Odell from Dog Days in L.A. Magazine will be stopping by and sharing some great information that Southland dog owners would love to know. Then later, Judy Mancuso from the organization Social Compassion in Legislation will be updating us on Assembly Bill 241 and Senate Bill 250, two very important pieces of legislation that your representatives will decide in the very near future. So don't go away. We'll be back with more Pet Place Radio right after a quick break here on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt and joining us now is Stuart Odell from Dog Days in LA Magazine. Good morning, Stuart. How you doing? Good morning, Marie. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm glad you can be here today. And you have a pretty cool magazine, Dog Days in LA. I picked one up at the Pet Expo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw you down there. Well, thank you very much. We we try to create a product that we would find interesting, you know, and uh, intriguing, and hopefully our readers feel the same. How did you come up with the idea of developing a magazine for, for dogs and dog people? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a marketing advertising major, and you would have thought I would have done all this research uh, going, hey, the pet business is going great. Let's start up a product. Uh, let's start up a magazine. But... Really, it was out of love of my business partner's new lab that he had gotten. <laughs> and I was working at, uh, I'd gotten out of publishing. I'd worked for several newspapers and magazines here in L.A. And um, I had gotten out of uh, gotten out of it and I decided to uh, sell guitars. Oh, wow, so that's quite working, a difference. I was working for the man, and uh, I was stuck in one location all day long, which I'm used to outside sales. And I get this call from a fellow musician who says, hey, I got an idea for a mag. And I thought, ooh, a musician mag. Musicians have no money. This is not going to (laughs) work. And uh, he had had an idea to do a dog magazine for several years. And I kind of took the experience uh, I had uh, gotten in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. You can probably tell my southern accent. I can, yes. (laughs) Uh, but I learned a little, you know, some tricks uh, down there with various publications, and we developed a, what started out as a, a magazine called Dog Park News, turned into Dog Days in L.A., and uh, went from newspaper to gloss. And uh, we did some, we tried to do some uh, strategies on distribution that would get our advertisers results, try to give them the best opportunity. And half of the mags are distributed dog owners. Okay. Uh, in the mail. Okay, so it's something that people can subscribe to. Yeah, you know, I wanted to offer your uh, your listeners uh, the first hundred folks to either email me or or uh, call us. Uh, I'd be happy to add them to our mailing list. Okay, what number should they call? Uh, that would be three one zero seven three four six one two five. And if they wanted to email, um, where should they send an email request? 
that would be Dog Days L A D O G D A Y S L A at Yahoo dot com. Oh, very cool. And and is there a cost for a subscription? No, we we offer the uh, the magazine complimentary um, at this point. Wow, um, what a deal! So <laughs> you know, we we pick up the cost. We make it affordable for our advertisers to to have a direct mail product. Of course. Uh, the other half of the magazines are available in, in pet shops and um, uh, doggy daycares and shelters. Uh, we move a lot through and the Santa Monica shelters. And special events, too. And the, uh, things like the America's Family Pet Expo, where I met you. <laughs> there you go. Now, what, what can uh, the listeners expect to find within the pages of Dog Days in L.A.? Well, we have some staple uh, uh, editorial. We uh, we do an. Uh, I really enjoy Pat Maloney's uh, Dogs in History. I'm a fan of historical uh, stories, and he's done several interesting ones. He's uh, done the Balto uh, and Togo uh, serum race in Alaska in the 20s, mm-hmm. where they saved the Alaskan children from uh, disease. Wow. Um, we did uh, a piece on Rin Tin Tin. Um, we've done a variety of uh, both uh, movie, historical movie dogs, as well as real-life historical events. Are you going to do a piece on uh, the president's new dog? We're going to cover Mr. Obama's, uh, or should I say President Obama's uh, new dog. I just uh, talked to the White House a couple of weeks back, and they sent me some great pictures. Oh, that's great. We've got uh, we've got that ready to go. And I really like that dog, huh? It's a beautiful dog. You know, that uh, reminds me of my, my schnoodle growing up. I had a, <laughs> a schnauzer poodle. I was the best dog for a kid. Uh, even though she wrecked me on my bicycle about ten times, I always forgave her right away. <laughs> that's what you're um, supposed to do. She was a wonderful she was a wonderful dog for a kid. I would suggest anybody get a Schnauzer poodle mix. Any kind of mixed dog. I think if you're in the market for a dog, just go on down to the shelter and look at all the beautiful mixed breeds down there because they have the best personalities and they make the greatest dogs. That's my personal preference. I'm a, I always tell everybody I'm a mutt man. I'm not trying to be politically <laughs> correct. Uh but whether it's uh cats showing up at my door or or dogs uh, that I've uh, been given. I've never, you know, really, to be honest with you, I've never paid a dime for any pet. Well, with so many homeless pets, you know, in shelters and at rescues, I, I just can't see going to a pet store and or a breeder and, you know, buying a dog and encouraging more breeding when we have so many that don't have homes and have to be euthanized. I know. You know, you really wish that, that everybody would feel like you and I, you know? Absolutely. And there's, there's uh, I guess some folks like to like to go to a, a breeder, in, a, a legitimate breeder, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, someone who cares. I've met some breeders who, who actually really go out of their way to care for their dogs and follow up with them. But you're right, there's so many animals out there that need a home. That's you right. You know, I, I just wish everybody had the mindset to where we could just, we could just clean out those shelters. Hey, do you promote shelters in the magazine? We do. We've uh, we've given some ad space away. We work with. Uh, we really like Nikki over at Much Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with uh, SPCA LA. They're a great organization. Fabulous. Uh, Bulldogs of Southern California. Um, 
just had a success story with uh, West Side German Shepherd Rescue. Oh, uh, I had a reader. Yeah. yeah, I had a reader call me. He's like, uh, believe it or not, I don't have a computer, Stuart. <laughs> he goes, but uh, I just lost my uh, German Shepherd. I've had, I probably have had 10 German Shepherds since the 60s. And uh, I wanted to see if you could direct me to uh, a place where I could find a, a German Shepherd or a mix uh, with the German Shepherd. And so I sent him to a couple of locations. Uh, West, West Side German Shepherd was was kind of my first choice. And um, they got back with me and said, you know, I just want to let you know, um, uh, the gentleman has, uh, he got a dog. I don't know if he let you know, but he got a dog. He's really happy. We're happy because he seems like he, he knows the breed, and he's had quite a few German Shepherds. And so I, I patted myself on the back and felt good. <laughs> there you go. So warm and fuzzy for a little while, you know. That is a good <laughs> success story. Wow. So we, we, try to, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, we try to give away space whenever we have it. Um, we're, uh, we work with the rescues on a regular basis. Uh, we give discounts to um, any organization, uh, nonprofit that wants to be in the magazine, we always, we always make it. We always try to make it very affordable for them to. to add. I wish I could give away all the ads, but we got to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> okay. Do you also have um, events in the magazine? So if somebody wanted to know what's going on that they could do with their dog or get their dog involved with, do you have things like that in there? I'm really glad you brought that up. We started publishing that. But so many events come up and so many fall through the cracks when we publish with hard copy mm-hmm. that we, um, our, our website, we started keeping an updated pet event page on our website. Oh, and what is your website? We should put that out it's, again. Okay, it's dogdaysinla.com. Okay, I know I asked you that earlier, but um, sometimes our listeners aren't ready with their pens and papers. So I like to get it out a couple <laughs> of times. No, we appreciate it. The website, we, we kind of revamped the website about six months ago. It's continuing to grow, and we're finding that uh, there's, of course, dog lovers from everywhere from uh, uh, England to uh, to Tokyo. It, it's interesting um, to find out where our readers are coming from. And uh, Actually, our hard copy, Marie, is available uh, online. Um, so we make, unlike a lot of magazines, we make our magazine available as is a hard copy um, on the website. You can read it as an Adobe PDF. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then we've got got an area. I'd like to uh, emphasize, uh, going back to your point about the pet events, I'd like to emphasize to your readers that um, there is an an easy form to fill out and and a little description and all the pertinent information in regards to your pet event in L.A. or surrounding L.A. community. Um, that'll automatically, once they submit that, that'll automatically come to me to make sure nobody's playing any tricks on me, and then we'll publish we'll publish their event on our website. Oh, that's great! Well, what a great and, public service you're doing for the organization. Uh-oh. And sir, I've, I've, I've looked through a couple of issues. The magazine is fantastic, and I hope to see an Orange County edition soon. All right, Marie, you are reading our mind. I think Orange <laughs> County's kind of. Calling our name, you know, we're we're looking to maybe do a separate uh, a separate issue for Orange County, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Because would you like a marketing position with our magazine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, in I'm my gonna... mountains of spare time. 
<laughs> and you know, yeah, right. We got all this stuff. You know that I'm going to be calling you very soon. I want to, I want to have you in our pages as well, Marie. Well, thank you. And and you know what? I yeah. I have to um, let you know that it's time for a break. But I wanted to thank you for being on the show today. Oh, Marie, thanks, and thanks to all your readers for reading us, and or to all your listeners for reading us. And um, I'm in the magazine mode, you can tell. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> okay, so we need to take our halftime break now, but we'll be back with Judy Mancuso and updates on Assembly Bill 241 and Senate Bill 250 when we return on the Pet Place Radio Show here on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm very happy to reintroduce one of our favorite Pet Place guests, Judy Mancuso. Welcome back, Judy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. So we've got a lot of interesting, amazing new things happening in our California government, and I wanted to have you on the show again so we could talk about them. Thank you. So let's let's hit Assembly Bill 241 first. Let's let's first tell the listeners what that's all about. Okay, AB 241 is a bill that uh, addresses facilities in California that have too many dogs on the property, which we call puppy mills. That people may be acquainted with the term, and um, they're pretty horrific and they're growing in our state. No, yeah, that's uh, hard to believe. I didn't even realize that there were puppy mills in California. I assumed they all were from uh, Pennsylvania and the Midwest and that area. So to hear that we've got puppy mills blossoming here in our state is just devastating. We do, and the reason is is there's a market for these animals in California for Yorkies, poodles, these kind of you know purebred little dogs that become even trendy at times and. Um, So there's been about seven of them recently that we got undercover footage of that have one had 500 dogs and, of course, living in horrible conditions. They're just in little wire cages. Wire cages stacked on top of each other, uh, just awful. And uh, the animals, the, the females, stay in these cages, and they just breed one litter after another. And the one, I met about 60 of these dogs that uh, got rescued from this particular puppy mill. And the the female dogs that are in these cages, they don't even know how to walk because Aww. they've lived their entire life in these cages. So what AB241, which is called the Responsible Breeder Act, and it's authored by Assemblymember Pedro Nava, and we are uh, my nonprofit, Social Compassion and Legislation, is a co-sponsor of the bill, mm-hmm. and uh, what it does is it limits the amount of dogs, cats, unaltered animals that one of these sellers can have on their property to fifty five zero. Okay. And brings that down to a more humane number that's manageable, and um, that has now made it through the full assembly, and the wow. vote the vote was last week, and we got a sixty. To 14 vote. Yay! 
isn't four in one margin. Oh, that is so so good to hear. I mean, I, I was actually a little worried because it seemed like it was almost becoming a partisan issue, which I just don't understand how these issues are partisan at all. I mean, they're just such common sense. Well, thank you, and I couldn't agree more. And I think that we are seeing a little bit of that. We had a big changeover in the Assembly. I believe there's 41 new members in the state legislature, and a lot of those folks brought um, with them some, you know, open minds, fortunately, and a lot of that uh, partisan gridlock that we saw previous uh, may have dissipated. But... You know, it still remains to be seen, but this is very, very promising. Okay, and then what what goes on from this point? Now, since uh, Assemblymember Pedro Navitz, his bill, and, and so it starts in the House of where the author is from. So since he's an assembly member, it starts in the Assembly. We got through the Assembly. Now it gets assigned to the Senate committees. And then once it goes through its committees, which could be public safety or business and professions, something like that, then it goes to appropriations, which it was found non-fiscal, meaning it doesn't generate uh, money from the state, thank goodness, since the state has its budget crisis that we're in. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to the governor's desk for signature, and then it could go into law um, as soon as January 1st, 2010. Well, and and what's your prediction on this? Do you think it'll go all the way through? I think it's going all the way through. All right. (laughs) Good news for a change. Yes, very good news. Okay, now let's switch over and talk about Senate Bill 250. And that one is being uh, carried by the Senate Majority Leader, Dean Flores. He's from the Central Valley. His district spans from Bakersfield to Fresno, very large area, and also ground zero for pet overpopulation. And that made it through the local government committee and is now going to the full Senate. It's called the Pet Responsibility Act, and what what it does um, we we tried a spay and neuter bill last session, and what we kept hearing was uh, you should go after the irresponsible owners, okay. okay? So this bill is very different from our last attempt, and it is tailored on uh, trying to get pet owners to be responsible. So here here's how it goes in a nutshell. If, it's, if you have a cat and this cat lives with you on your property more than 30 days, because with a lot of cats, people say, oh, it's not my cat, you know, I just feed it. Mm-hmm. Well, been if it feeding is, it for the last five years. Exactly, right? <laughs> and it's propagating the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So if this cat is your cat or your custodian, you've been feeding it on your property for 30 days or more, and it, it goes outdoors, it needs to be spayed and neutered. If you want that cat to remain unaltered, you need to keep it inside or have an outdoor enclosure, but somehow keep it from roaming. Uh, because the problem we have in California in 2007, these are the most recent numbers I have, we took in uh, about 313,000 cats, and wow. we killed, hold on, we killed in our shelters over 280,000. 
I know and, it's really bad with cats, much more so than with dogs. And, and for me, that's terrible because I'm a real cat person. And so am I. And it's a full-on slaughter, and it's so, so incredibly sad. And it's because people think it's okay to open that door, like Kitty Go Out, who's unaltered, and that there's no harm done. But there is. That's right, with lots of innocent lives. Yes. Yes, More than people is. can even imagine. Yes, yes, especially if you go to the shelters and you see these poor animals stacked up in the barrels that have been killed for the day. It is tragic. Mm-hmm. And now, then you have to multiply that by 300,000. Exactly. And so um, now there has been a little bit of concern. I've gotten some emails from feral cat caretakers and somehow an erroneous word got out that this was going to uh, infringe on people who feed feral cat colonies, that uh, it would make it so that they would be penalized somehow or that animal control would round up and bring in all these animals if they weren't sterilized. And that is not the case. What's in the bill specifically is that the cat has to belong to you. Meaning it is on your property. These feral cat colonies are usually on public property, mm-hmm. and you know it's a system. And people are already trying to trap, neuter, release. That's a whole different issue that is not in this bill. And so my word to feral cat caretakers is: you have no worries here. And most of the people I know who are involved with feral cat caretaking um, do uh, trap, spay, neuter, and release. So and they tag them so they know which ones are neutered and spayed and keep track of it. They're very responsible. And I've done that in my lifetime. And to me, spaying and neutering that cat is just as important as giving it food. Absolutely. Because yeah. you you know you end the suffering that goes on of the propagating of them, and they poor things get hit by cars, eaten by coyotes, disease. It's it's a terrible life for most feral cats. So. Now, is this bill cat-specific, or are we also looking no, at dogs? No, they're dogs, yeah. Okay. okay. But the cat piece is easy, so I wanted to put that out first. The, okay. The dog piece is a little more complicated because dogs, it is mandatory in the state of California that dogs be licensed for rabies control. Mm-hmm. In 1957, a law was passed that said every dog has to have a license and a rabies shot. And then in 1973, another law was passed that said okay, overpopulation is bad of dogs, we're killing too many dogs, so we're going to let jurisdictions charge twice as much for an unaltered dog than an altered dog, and this is known as differential licensing. Okay. Now, in the state of California, our problem is that only about 21 to 26% of the people license their dogs. Oh, boy. So this is bad in two ways. One very large way is that uh, we can't get the dog back to the owner once it's brought into the shelter because Mm -hmm. we have no identification. So that's very bad. Redemptions, let me just throw these numbers out there. Redemptions for dogs in California is only 13%, and redemptions for cats is only 2%. Oh, that's terrible. So we're doing a very bad job of getting the animals back, and that's because the folks don't license. And then number two, of course, revenue is generated from licensing, and our shelters are hurting really, really bad financially because their budgets are getting cut, 
because of our fiscal crisis and staff is getting cut. So right now we definitely could use that revenue stream. Okay. And, and we're spending so much money on rounding up the animals of all these irresponsible people and then ultimately destroying them. Uh, well, yes, and our estimate, which is a very conservative one, is a quarter of a billion dollars a year. And then there's the Hayden mandate on top of that, which is 20 to 30 million in any given year. So we're talking about uh, three, uh, 280 million dollars a year uh, spent on housing and killing animals. And of course, some are adopted, some are redeemed, but those percentages are much smaller than the um, than the euthanasia. So what the bill does is it says that if you have your unaltered license for your dog. Uh, and your dog's unaltered, fine, but if it comes into animal control for roaming, being at large, biting someone, then animal control can revoke your license and make you spay and neuter. Very good. Judy, we're just about out of time, so let's get your website out so people can read up more. Okay. Please go to yesonsb250.com or on ab241.com. But most important, since we have a vote coming up for 250, please go to yes on sb250.com. Excellent. I'm so glad you were able to share this all with us. We have to take one last break, but we'll be back with the Pet Place News in just a minute, so please stay tuned here on AM 1260 and 540. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. The J.F. Shea Therapeutic Riding Center will hold its annual Black Tie Gala on Saturday, June 20th at the Montage Resort and Spa in Laguna Beach. An event highlight is the Michael Lewis Friends of the Disabled Award to be presented this year to longtime supporters Dave and Renee Ritchie and Dr. Richard Markell, DVM. The award is given in the name of the organization's first writer, Michael Lewis, to individuals who set an outstanding example of community support, volunteerism, and philanthropy. Shay Nanigans, an evening of horseplay and magic, begins at 5.30 p.m. Individual tickets are $400 and include valet parking and complimentary beverages throughout the evening. Sponsorship and table opportunities are available on a limited basis. The Montage Resort and Spa is located at 30801 South Coast Highway in Laguna Beach. For more information, contact Julie Johnson at 949-240-8441, extension 126, or visit SheaCenter.org. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.